You're listening to Back to another episode of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yu. And I'm Ri Ra Yu. And we are here for your mid month check in episode for December 2019, the last episode of Books and Boba for the decade that was the 2010s. Woo! <laughs> How are your holidays going, Ri Ra? Um, it's, it's been chaos at work as it is with retail businesses. <laughs> uh, I worked a lot of like holiday events, so I had to work with a lot of children mm. and、uh, a lot of those children have germs. So last、oh. year I got, I got really sick at this time of year. So <laughs> I, I've just been like, uh, taking supplements and vitamins and carrying Purell with me. Um, so I'm feeling okay. I still haven't Christmas shopped yet. So that is a little bit like <laughs> it's like looming over me like a dark cloud. And、mm. I freaking hate Christmas so much. See, I think、um, the last few years I've gotten all of my Christmas shopping out of the way during Black Friday. So, yeah, you know, shopping. See, see, that would be helpful if I like actually knew what people wanted. <laughs> Because I'm not just going to buy random things and be like, oh, okay, I hope that this is what they like. I mean, you can never go wrong with like a nice sweater or, you know. Yeah, but what's their size? Also, like, what if they are partial to fabric?、Mm. I don't know. See, my, I, my family is very, very picky.、Um, I mean, you can always just get them some sort of gadget. Is your family into gadgets? No, my parents don't know how to use the internet. Yeah, that makes it tough then. See, my dad、yeah. is super into gadgets. So if I just buy him some. Piece of technology, he'll like, he'll love it. I, I was telling you earlier, like, I, I bought my dad like a like a golf thing for his office so、uh-huh. he can practice golf in his office. And that is like the best present I've ever given him in my entire life. And he <laughs> like never lets me forget it because he'll be like, oh, why can't you get me like something as good as this? And it's like, well, because you still have this thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I clearly cannot buy this expensive thing every year. For you to just like replace it into your office. So it sounds like the holidays is a quite a stressful time for it, you. <laughs> like the thing about Christmas is I like the decorations, I like the food that comes out of Christmas, but I really hate like this notion, like the capitalist part of、mm. Christmas, you know? Like if you look at other countries, I feel like it's less like. Less surround, like it's less about the presents and more about like hanging out with your family. You would think that, but I've been to other countries during Christmas and the American version of Christmas, the、oh, capitalist version、oh, of Christmas,、no. definitely spread. No, like,、um, like I, know in, I know in Korea, like Christmas is not really like a family holiday, it's、mm. a dating holiday. Like, you're supposed to like go out and see decorations with like your boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> or whoever your partner is. I think it's similar for Japan too, right? I, I guess so. From, from my from, from extensive <laughs> knowledge of Terrace House and anime,、yeah. I feel like that's. Yeah.、Um, but like, but, but like in Japanese Christmas, though, you, you can hang out with like friends at your house and then you have like the round,、uh, round cream cake and、um, you have Kentucky fried chicken. Those are like the two things that are crucial for house holiday parties in Japan. Yeah. It's super wild that like things that we take for granted here, like KFC is. 
a luxury item out in Asia. Why? Like people celebrate life events at KFC in China. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad for some reason. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, so you sent me a link to the Ghost Bride trailer. Yeah, yeah. They released an official trailer. Um, last week for the adaptation of The Ghost Bride that's going to be on Netflix, uh, produced by Netflix Asia, um, written by Kai Wu, who, is, who was a writer also on um, The Flash. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, I'm interested what your thoughts are. Uh, it's been so long since we read The Ghost Bride. So mm-hmm. like it was, I was just like, what happens in this book again? I like, I know like the the premise, but like I forgot like, like when I was watching the trailer, I was like, "Who's that? Who's that?" <laughs> like I understand, like it it kind of played with my recollection a bit because I was like, "I'm pretty sure, like, like the the guy who she's supposed to be the ghost bride to Tian uh, was a Tian Bai or Tian Tian Cheng, yeah." And it's like I'm pretty sure he was like an insufferable git. Like he was supposed to be kind of like not good looking and like. Yeah, so like what happened that They made him hot. Yeah. So every <laughs> everyone in on this show is super hot and But it, the bad guy is the hottest for some reason. Uh, yeah, for some reason. Um a lot of people were saying that he should he should have played uh Erlong instead yeah. of uh instead of that character. Yeah, because he has like the Erlong otherworldly yeah, look, I, yeah, I can looks, see that. You know? Yeah. Um it was interesting to see the comments of everyone kind of complaining how hot the the, yeah. the bad guy was. But you know what? Like secondary lead syndrome. Like it's going to happen for for every piece of artwork. Also it's television. a C drama, right? That's that's true. Which you know everyone needs to be hot in C dramas. Um I did like when I was going through the comments, uh some of the complaints that people said was I wish it wasn't in Mandarin mm. because it takes place in Malaya. So yeah, yeah like, it would have made more sense if it was like um um, either in like Hokkien or like some form of like Cantonese or I don't know. Like, I think yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see what if or if um, if any reporting will be done on like the authenticity, I guess, of the characters. From what I understand, uh, because this deals with like the wealthy families of of mm-hmm. um, of Malacca, um, those families might have spoken more like imperial mandarin maybe but i highly doubt it because mm. like because i i remember in the book it was like they were like third generation right so like i'm guessing that the culture may have like yeah influenced their dialect i think it was actually shot in malaysia though yeah, oh okay the actual production well, took place there. Yeah. yeah i mean it looks good it looks interesting it looks better than i thought it would be to be perfectly honest i really enjoyed the fact that they used like the Aladdin font for the trailer. The font looked so bad, but I was like, "It's, it's, you know, it's a trailer. Just yeah. calm down." I'm excited for because next year we'll probably see this. We'll see um, Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, that's right. That's Apple. coming to Hulu. Oh no, no, Little Fires Everywhere is on Apple Hulu. Plus. Is it Hulu? It's Hulu. Oh yeah, Apple Plus is Pachinko. Right, and then hopefully we'll start seeing scenes from Pachinko too. Yeah, that's been in production for at least two years now. I feel like. I feel like we haven't heard anything about it recently. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been under, like, very uh, tight wraps. Um, yeah. Also, um, P.S. I Love You, the, the second right. installment. Right, they started in... releasing um, stills from it. Yes. Uh, and it's coming out in on on Valentine's Day, if I'm if I'm correct. Gotta, gotta capitalize on that, you know? You know what? <laughs> hey, this is Valentine's Day. Stay in. 
stay watch, in. Watch a nice watch, Netflix watch a and movie. chill. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give in to the capitalist narrative of needing to go out for Valentine's Day. Stay in and support this other corporation. They they recast <laughs> they recasted. Uh, um, John Ambrose McLaren. They did. I mean, we we mentioned this before in yeah. earlier episodes, but it was my first time actually like seeing, seeing him? him in in costume in like actual like high school looks because you know like how all of the actors are like not in high school; they're like in their mid to late twenties now. I mean, and it's, and it's like they have to like like dress them down so they look younger so like it was hard for me to picture that actor i I forgot his name but like that actor in like a high school role i feel like that's why they because they're they're filming the next two movies back to back i mean they would have to like so yeah because i mean lana lana's always gonna look young for a little bit right but i feel like um noah centinello is probably yeah getting to the point where you can't play high school anymore nope I am very excited because, especially because Fresh Off the Boat is um, exiting mm-hmm. this year, yeah. there really isn't any network show to fill that void. So we're kind of just looking to streaming. I you mean, know? streaming has always been like, uh, I don't know, like, I feel like it's always been a crucial part of Asian American viewing. Because <laughs> like, even even before like Hulu came out, like, when I when I would want to watch like Korean dramas, I would have to like find like an illegal stream online yeah especially since drama fever isn't here anymore. yeah drama fever is oh, rest in peace like yeah. really anyway uh yeah. we're gonna move on to book deals there's a lot to go through yeah oh before we get to that actually let's okay. um, remind everyone what we're reading for the month of december 2019 um our book club pick for this month is home fire by camilla shamsi have you gotten far in this book yet no i'm still waiting for it to be available mm. i got the kindle version so i'm gonna start on it hopefully soon yeah it's not that long of a book i mean compared to the last few books that we've read it's actually pretty doable so it's like what 300 pages yeah just just under 300 okay yeah be a nice fun uh again it is they read again it is like a dark novel (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not gonna be like a happy novel so Mm -hmm. just prepare yourself Sorry, I've actually been reading some a bunch of um middle grade recently. Oh, really? Because um of we're prepping for some interviews that we're gonna do um starting next year. Yes, and um yeah, it's been it's been kind of fun just to like breeze through a book in like a few hours. Yeah, because like those books are meant for younger kids and not <laughs> us. But um, you know, it's it, middle grade has been expanding so um so quickly in in literature. So we we've been we've been seeing a lot of like great works, uh, yeah, from Asian and Asian American authors in my, that genre. My nieces are getting to the to the age where they they read more now. So I've been really having a good time just like buying them books that we've talked about on this podcast oh, yeah. and say here, representation on the page. It's like I know more than your teacher. Like <laughs> this this is the hit book. <laughs> but yeah, let's move on to um, the recent book news. Reba, why don't you start us off with our first story? Okay. Okay, and as always, our book deal news come from uh, Publishers Weekly. Um, Harper Alley acquired world rights to Sunmi's debut YA graphic novel, Firebird. The book follows Caroline as she crushes on Kim, an older student she tutors, and their friendship through their varied experiences as queer children of Asian American immigrants. Publication is scheduled for 2022. Like we just said, representation on the page. It's where it's happening. Um, next up, Momofuku founder David Chang sold his memoir in a two-book deal to Clarkson Potter. 
The untitled memoir tells the story of how the son of conservative Korean immigrants confronted his insecurities and depression and discovered his talents and found fellowship in the kitchen. The memoir is slated for an April 2020 release, with the second book in the deal being a cookbook. Yes. Um, <laughs> David Chang is also the founder of uh, the magazine Lucky Peach, mm-hmm. uh, RIP Lucky Peach. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and he's also um, the host of a bunch of Netflix shows, including Ugly Delicious. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever been to Momofuku? I've been to the one in New York, um, the one in Toronto, mm-hmm. and the one in Vegas. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've only been to the one in New York, and I only <laughs> like had dessert, so... Yeah, I've had their ramen before. Um, I haven't been to his L.A. restaurant yet, Major Domo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been to the milk bar that opened out here, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, next up, Crown acquired world rights to Kristen Mai Zhang's The Rise and Falls of Jackie Chan, a picture book biography about the trailblazing actor who combines comedy and martial arts in his one-of-a-kind movie roles. The picture book will be illustrated by Alina Chow. Publication is slated for fall 2021. Yeah. Did you watch the Jackie Chan Adventure show? I did. My favorite part of that show was like after the uh, the animated episode was done, he like Jackie Chan, like the real life person would come on <laughs> screen and he would do like some like martial art moves and then look directly at the camera and be like, hey, I didn't see you there. And then, like, <laughs> and then he would just say, I, I forgot if it like was like... Like the G.I. Joe, like, moral lesson. Like, yeah, I don't know. You know. I don't know if he, like, came up with a moral lesson or if it was just, like, a, like a Snapple fact about, uh, like, mm. like, culture. I don't know. But uh, I remember as a child uh, watching that and thinking it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jackie Chan was... Actually, I watched a lot of his movies growing up. Just um, I think a lot of people yeah. did. Yeah, Was it last year he finally got an Oscar? Like, it was an honorary Oscar. Yeah, it was an honorary Oscar. Um, for, for like, his contributions to, uh, like... It was a technical Oscar. Yeah, yeah, right? it was it's a technical like, Oscar yeah. for, like, action movie filming. Because a lot of the choreography that they do in fight sequences now... Where like the the foundation was built by Jackie Chan. Well, and his, he had a, he had a huge stunt team that he took care of, right? Yeah, and they they went off to do like be stunt coordinators for other films. So a lot of stuff can be traced back to the work that he did in, in his films. Um, next up, Macmillan Imprint acquired world English rights to How Maya Got Fierce by Sona Charipatra. Um, pitched as the bold type meets younger, the YA contemporary novel follows a 17-year-old California farm girl who accidentally lands her dream job at a New York City's women's magazine. One problem, they think she's 26. Publication is slated for spring 2021. You know what this reminds me of? Arrested Development? What, with Maybe? Yeah, with Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like shenanigans. Sounds like fun shenanigans with, uh, with a little bit of uh, Devil's Wear Prada. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I like the title, How yeah. Maya Got Fierce. <laughs> it's pretty catchy. I mean, you're going to have to to survive in New York publishing, you know? I guess so. <laughs> uh, next up, Henry Holt acquired Remy Lai's middle grade graphic novel, Paw Casso, right? Paw Casso. Oh, pa- like Picasso. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Henry Holt acquired Remy Lai's middle grade graphic novel, Paw Casso. Paw Casso is a basket-toting dog who does his family's grocery shopping on his own. When 11-year-old Joe is mistaken for his owner by a group of kids, she goes along with the lie in hopes of making new friends. Soon the town becomes divided over whether Picasso Picasso, Mm -hmm. should be allowed to roam free, and Joe worries that her lie will be exposed. 
and Endanger Picasso and Her New Friendship. Publication is slated for spring 2021. That this sounds is, this, adorable. Yeah, uh, this is uh, the second middle grade graphic novel on our list. There seems to be more coming out of the woodwork lately because uh, there was like stargazing mm-hmm. that came out earlier this year and it's doing really well. And then before that, we had like Pashmina. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just really cool that graphic novels are becoming an, I guess, accepted literary medium. For new authors to you know have a voice and also give opportunity to artists to make stuff that's outside of like the I guess mainstream comic book um, industry, right? Kind yeah. of telling like independent stories that aren't connected to like characters that we've had for decades. I think it's nice because it's it's kind of like telling teachers and educators that you know, reading graphic novels, it's considered reading. Like, these are actual books. Yeah. Like, because I remember growing up, like, like par- like parents and teachers saying, like, oh, comic books or, like, yeah. graphic novels, they're not actual, like, real books. And it's like, <laughs> well, it is because they're actually reading. There's actual story to it. To I them. remember as a kid, I got this collection of graphic novels versions of, like, classic books. Oh, they so still I had do that, um, like Jules Verne's Journey to Descend on Earth in graphic novel form that I had when I was like, I think in elementary school. I was like, I was like ten or eleven when we when I got that. Um, yeah, but it's it's glad like I'm really glad that I'm seeing more middle grade graphic novels. Um, Harper Alley, when we, I think that was like the first book deal that we announced. Yeah, uh, for the graphic novel Firebird, Harper Alley is. A new imprint by Harper Collins, and they specifically deal with graphic novels. Yeah, and they're relatively new, so hopefully we'll see more works from them. Yeah, our next story: Simon Spotlight acquired author illustrator Maggie P. Chang's debut, Geraldine Pooh, the first installment in a new series in the Ready to Read Early Reader line. The story follows a confident girl and her beloved lunchbox, keeper of her grandmother's delicious lunches, as she uses bravery, ingenuity, and even some stinky tofu in order to right her wrongs and create a sense of openness and community among her classmates. Publication is set for a summer 2021. So this is like the lunchbox scenario, the book. And I, I never really had that growing up. Me neither, actually. Yeah, I mean, like you grew up here, like in San Gabriel Valley, right? So, I guess. So, so like you, you have so many Asian kids. <laughs> Um, and then, like, for me, like, uh, I went to Catholic school for the first three years of, like, my elementary schooling. Uh-huh. And it was a very small class. And the funny thing is, like, the ratio of, like, uh, students of color to white kids were, like, very evenly matched. So uh, no one no one said anything about, like, my, my Korean lunches, like, my kimbaps. Yeah. They looked pretty normal. Didn't smell. I mean... The author is free to write whatever she wants, but I don't know if sneaky tofu is a common lunchbox scenario. We we kind of had this conversation with um like our first episode with heroin complex uh-huh. uh because I forgot which character it was, but like one of them like brought soup soup dumplings to lunch. Yeah. And then we we're like what kind of parent makes soup dumplings for their kid? It's not a like, very. It doesn't travel well. It doesn't travel well. You know? It's a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work for your your like eight year old kid. I mean, but I remember in that story, um, they traded it for spamasubi, which is a better choice for yes, a lunch. Yes, it is food. a be- better choice, <laughs> superior choice. 
Yeah. Uh, next up, Tundra acquired North American rights to Viewfinder, the debut wordless graphic novel by Christine Chung and Sawa Majoka. The book is about a young female astronaut who follows a mysterious map to a now-abandoned Earth. Publication is scheduled for spring 2022. Lots of books for, like, young and middle-grade readers on this list. What can, what can I say? Like, there are so <laughs> many Asian authors in, like children's literature which yeah. is good really good i mean we're writing we the 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 you know the royal we we're writing books that we wish we had when we were growing up which is great because that means younger kids not just asian kids will have a much more well-rounded view of of people yeah and Hopefully, also you know also it's just like not just about like chinese people or japanese korean people there's like like there are multitudes of uh, picture books and middle grade books that are specific to like one certain Asian American culture, so there are more options now. Yeah, which is nice. Um, speaking of more options, Scholastic acquired world rights to Sylvia Liu's middle grade novel Manatee's Best Friend. The story follows a 12-year-old girl who teams up with friends to save manatees from reckless boaters after her video of a dolphin diverting a speedboat goes viral. Publication is slated for spring 2021. Uh, next up, Roaring Brook Press acquired world rights to Julia Kuo's debut picture book as author-illustrator. Let's Do Everything and Nothing is about the strength of a mother and daughter's relationship found in the moments they share, whether grand or small. Publication is slated for winter 2022. Our next story, uh, Scribner acquired North American rights to Tamima Anam's The Startup Wife. Described to be a sharp satirical look at marriage, work, rituals, and female friendship in the digital age, the novel is about a young woman who builds a social media platform with her husband and his best friend. Anam is the author of A Golden Age, which won a Commonwealth Writers' Prize in 2008. Actually, A Golden Age is... Uh... Like, it's on our very long list of books that we should read. Yeah. Um, uh, Tamima is actually, like, a Bangladeshi-born uh, Brit. And she ha she's already written, like, three really well-known books. Uh, it's only a matter of time for us to read one of her books. It's just... Uh, <laughs> There's, you know, a lot, there's a lot of books on that list, and we only have, what, 12 spots it, a year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it grows every year, and it's very, very hard to, like, yeah. figure out our rhythm of the year. Um, but congratulations to Tamima. Uh, next up, Viking bought USC PhD candidate and 2018 McDowell Fellow, Jean Chen Ho's Fiona and Jane. This collection of linked stories follows the friendship between two Chinese-American women from their teenage years into adulthood set across L.A., Taiwan, and New York. Viking also bought a second untitled novel that is set in 19th century L.A. Chinatown and is about the lynching of 19 Chinese men after an errant bullet fired by a Chinese gang member killed a white man. And it's also inspired by a true story, if I'm not, if yeah. I'm correct. Jean Chen Ho is... Um... Twitter famous in like Asian Twitter, I feel like. <laughs> I see her I see her tweets every once in a while. Um uh, but yeah, congrats. Next, Kanaf bought Lambda Literary Fellow Eric Wynn's debut novel, A History of Lost Things. Set in a New Orleans housing project, the book follows a Vietnamese refugee mother and her two sons, one tempted by gangs and the other embracing his gay identity, as they reckon with their past losses and grapple with creating a new home. Publication is tentatively set for spring twenty twenty one. Eric Wen, um, I've seen him around in Asian American uh, journalism. Like, I feel like I've read 
some of his articles at some point. This this circle is very very small. <laughs> like from what I remember, uh, they're very much involved in the Vietnamese American communities. Yeah. Uh, our last book deal is in a two book deal, Riverhead Books acquired Esme Weijun Wang's novel. Soft Animals, which follows a chronically ill woman who moves into a small-town lodge with her volatile husband after inheriting it from the parents of a hate crime victim. Uh, the second book is called The Unexpected Shape, a nonfiction work exploring the balance between ambition and limitation in contemporary life. Uh, and just so you know, Wong is the author of the critically acclaimed The Collected Schizophrenias and uh, the novel The Border of Paradise. Sounds kind of heavy. <laughs> um, but the collective schizophrenia is like I've been seeing that book nominated for a lot of like um, like top ten books of yeah. of like the year. So I've I've seen her book around. Um, yeah, two book deal. Congratulations, Esme. Yes. All right, we're gonna move on to book news. And some two very large, I guess, like page-to-screen adaptation news have, have popped up in our radar. Yeah. So one of the biggest news that popped up, I think it was yesterday, uh, yesterday while I was compiling uh, the news <laughs> for for this episode. Um, so Deadline reported that uh, John M. Chu is going to be producing a film adaptation of Mary H. Mary H. K. Choi's best-selling YA novel, Permanent Record. And uh, for those of you who are saying Mary H.K. Choi, her name sounds familiar. She is the author of Emergency Contact, mm. which also got a lot of press. Uh, was it last year? I'm not sure when it came out, but it was recently. And um, right now, John M. Chu is in talks to direct. So that's not confirmed yet. And uh, Mary will be writing the script and will be executive producing uh, which is pretty neat. Not a lot of authors get the chance to write their own screenplay. Yeah, adaptation of their own work. I um, hope that um, I hope that that keeps it, you know, keeps them honest. Especially if John is directing as well. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool if they brought on like another like Asian American director, like yeah. a like a fresh fresh blood, you know. <laughs> uh, so permanent record. It's about how social media influences relationships every day. Uh, it's an unexpected romance between uh, Pablo Rind, who is a Pakistani-Korean-American college dropout who is working a graveyard shift at a 24-hour deli in Brooklyn to pay off his credit card and student loan debts, and uh, Lana Smart, who is like this pop icon. She graduated from her early childhood stardom to being like this social media uh, influencer who has like millions of followers um, and the two randomly meet at 4 a.m. in the dead of winter and they kind of get a thing going on um, but they know that this relationship can't really go on forever so they try to keep it on the down low and off Instagram for as long as they can but it takes about three seconds for the world to find out and there are some complications that arise from it. So it is a very fun, uh, young 20s coming of age Kind of like romance. a reverse pretty woman type of situation, I right? guess so, yeah. <laughs> um, that's cool. I, I have a question. So a 24-hour deli in Brooklyn, 
is that different from a bodega or is that the I think same it's the thing? same thing. I think it was I think because uh, I pulled some of the details from the deadline article and uh-huh. I think some people just don't know what a bodega is. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to like come up with a term that like most people understand what it is. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, congratulations to Mary H.K. Choi and to John M. Chu for getting this project off the ground. Um, it sounds like it'll be interesting, kind of um, a twist on. It sounds like a rom com, right? It's like it sounds like it has like the the fixings of a good like millennial rom com, right? Like updated yeah, for of. the millennial age. Um, and um, hopefully, you know, they'll be able to cast a like Pakistani Korean is a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious to see that represented on screen. You know, yeah, yeah. Our, our other story involves director Lulu Wang, um, who you might know as the writer and director of The Farewell, which is um, in contention for a lot of awards. It's coming award season, which is which is amazing. Although it got nominated for best foreign language feature at the Golden Globes. Wait, what? Yeah. Like it's like mainly in English, or like I guess like. <laughs> It's an American story. Yeah, it's yeah. an American story. I I don't understand. Hollywood Foreign Press, you guys. Cowards. Yeah. They should just get rid of that category and just, like, nominate. Yeah. She's taking the helm of the upcoming new Amazon series, The Expatriates, um, which is being executive produced by Nicole Kidman. Um, the series is an adaptation of Janice Y.K. Lee's 2016 novel of the same name. Um, set in Hong Kong, the story follows three close-knit expats, Mercy, a young Korean-American and recent Columbia graduate whose reckless behavior triggers a tragic incident. Uh, Margaret, a mother of three who spirals into anxiety and suffering from the aforementioned incident. And Hillary, a wealthy housewife who is haunted by her struggle to have a child. So this is this is an Amazon series. So, yeah. like, let's go down the list. Hulu has little fires everywhere. <laughs> Amazon has the expatriates. Uh, Apple TV has uh, Pachinko. Pachinko. Uh, and Netflix has the Ghost Bride. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> all of these choices within the next year or so. I've always thought that expats would be an interesting kind of subject matter. Yeah. For a series. And a great excuse to have a story set in another country, but featuring... White people. Like, not even white people. Like Because expats aren't just white people these no, days. No, no, they're you know? not. <laughs> I, was, I was making a joke, Marvin. God. <laughs> Um, but it's, 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 it's a joke because it's true. Like for the longest time, these stories have been about the white people in other countries, right? Like the eat, pray, love story. Yeah. Right. Of, of white people going to another country to discover themselves where I'm personally more interested in the story, like the farewell, which is diaspora people going back to their country of origin to discover themselves or to rediscover themselves. Yeah. And Hong Kong is a very interesting place for expats because you have like you have finance people who are there for like two three years <laughs> uh you have like chinese american college grads who go back to like experience the homeland for about like a year and then there are some people who go there to quote-unquote find themselves and then they'd never leave yeah i yeah. mean hong kong much like singapore is a place where if you have a good command of english you can get by and I think that's why it's it's they're like global business capitals of of the world, like because you have people from all over the world there doing business and, and working together. 
um, for better or or for for worse in the eyes of who you talk to. But yeah, um, yeah, it's um, I'm excited that Lulu is getting more opportunities, especially after coming off of the farewell, and especially if she does well this award season. Like we're going to see a lot more of her, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean having Nicole Kidman, yeah, like, as as like your <laughs> executive producer, that's. You know, yeah, and she's been doing well for herself too, right? Because didn't she also exactly produce um Big Little Lies? Yeah, uh, yes. Um, actually, she was she was hoping to get Little Fires Everywhere for her company, oh. but then uh, Reese Witherspoon snatched it. Snatched it. <laughs> I'm excited for all these adaptations to to make it to the screen. It's pretty cool that these are all also books written by women and centers on women's stories. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you love to see it, you know? <laughs> well, now that, like, all of these uh, shows are going to come up soon, like, Marvin and I will have to watch them. And Do as, we have to? Yeah, we do. Like, I think we, we owe the public that, like, our opinion as people who actually read the book. Do you and... think they'll give us screeners? <sighs> that would be... That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. Give us some extra lead time. But I do, I do have a Hulu uh, subscription, so I'm definitely going to watch Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah, Amazon. They've uh, been showing clips of it on the Hulu like Sizzler. Okay, but there hasn't been an actual trailer yet. No, not which, yet. Which I'm, I'm waiting for. We're waiting for it. Show it to us. Show us the baby. We want to see the baby. <laughs> But yeah, like once once these shows come out, maybe we'll do extra episodes where <laughs> we talk about the adaptation, we the say quality this, of we it. We say this all the time. We I say mean, this all the time, but that's because like you and I watch things constantly. I mean, next year will be the year. It will be the year. Because there will be, what, five things actually. Because um, To All the Boys, part two is also coming to Netflix. So. It's one of our most popular episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like To All the Boys I Love Before, that episode is... Like one of our most popular episodes. Same thing with Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Which is also an episode where we half talked about the movie <laughs> and half talked about the book. I'm excited for it. Yes. I'm excited for it. Um, and on that note, that'll also do it for this episode of Books and Boba. Um, hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about the upcoming books of the, I guess they're all coming out 2020. Of right? the new decade. <laughs> A reminder again that our 2019. December book club pick is Home Fire by Camilla Shamsi. Um, hopefully you are reading along and ready to listen to us talk about it. At the top of the new decade, Rira, yes. good luck on all your holiday shopping. I know you're about to enter the gauntlet. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I hope to see you on the other side. Um, I might be dead after um, after the end of 2019. <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Okay. Uh, least, if you say so. At least hold out until the end of 2020 so we can see if, you know. That's true. Our world's going to I have to. I have to stay alive until uh, New Year's Eve when BTS will be performing at <laughs> New Year's Eve uh, Times Square. Uh, Are they doing it? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so I have to stay alive for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you again for compiling all the book news. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, I guess we will see you guys yeah. in the next decade. Bye, Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This episode was hosted by Marvin Yue and Rui Rayu and produced and edited by Marvin Yue. This podcast was recorded at the Potluck Podcast Studios located within the Visual Communications offices in downtown Los Angeles. You can learn more about Visual Communications and their programs such as the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival by going to their website at vcmedia.org. 
Thanks also to the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American-hosted podcasts that Books and Boba is a proud member of. You can learn more about our fellow Potluck Podcast by checking out the website podcastpotluck.com. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, We've got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.